as an actor, I was partying in the finest parties of Beverly Hills and Bel Air, dabbling with drugs, mostly cocaine was everywhere, drinking, relationships. My soul became so desperate that I discovered only Jesus can fulfill. Real life starts now. This is Real Life Radio Show with On Leg. I felt alone. I felt lost. I felt scared. Real stories. I was so desperate in living such a dark and callous life. Real people. I was thinking there was no purpose for my life. There's no reason for me to be here. Real problems. I told my dad, if you try to take these drugs, I'm going to kill you. One solution, God. Hope is a person, and his name is Jesus. And now your host, On Leg. Hi, this is Evangelist Don Lay. Welcome to the Real Life Radio Show, where we're going to talk to real people who had real problems, but found answers in a real God. Recently, we've been talking about living a shallow life, a life that craves attention, money, power, influence, and wealth, and that the pursuit of happiness can lead to, unfortunately, even less happiness. Why is this? Seeking happiness is the American dream, yet so many Americans are so unhappy. Living off of antidepressants, Prozac, things like that, how is this possible? In our last show, we had Tina Gallo talk about her experiences in Hollywood, starring in shows like General Hospital and many other movies. Her motivation was to get attention and validation that she was missing a lot from her absentee mother. She didn't even know why she was doing what she was doing, but inside, she had a need of feeling loved and accepted by those around her. She quickly made it up the ladder. Her goal was to make it to the top in order to find happiness. But the closer she arrived, she found out the truth. Today, she's going to talk about how empty it all was and how she discovered some secrets about faith in Jesus Christ, how that revolutionized her life. Tina, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks again for having me. Tina, I'm so honored to have you on with us again. Here I am. I'm talking to someone who was a main actor in Hollywood for General Hospital. I grew up watching this show. So tell us, once you were at the top, was it what you always wanted in life? Oh, yeah, it sounds glamorous, doesn't it? (laughs) I'm sure. I mean, where were you? Where were the parties? Yeah, well, they were glamorous parties, but I came to learn early on it was a lot of superficial friendships and behaviors and the whole atmosphere itself. Really? You know, I was living the dream. When you're on a show, everybody wants you to come to their parties as well. Yeah. So whether you're really a friend or not, it's just who you know and everybody's linking together. That's not to say people didn't have friendships, but what I did discover is if I wasn't on that show, I'd probably never be invited to that party. And so you would walk in, you'd see a lot of the different stars or people that were professional working actors in the industry, but it was a lot of linking up to people trying to get what you want. There was a lot of superficial relationships. I see. I was at a party one night at Connie Stevens' house. She was a famous actress in the day. She lived up there. I think it was in Bel Air. Very dangerous when you're driving around California up in the hills, like Mulholland Drive and off you there. You're going down these canyons and you can spin out of control and go off the cliff and die. So the last thing you want to be doing is drinking. (laughs) And I walked in and the first thing handed to me was a champagne cocktail. So I started drinking with no food in my stomach, just going into the evening, not even thinking about what I'm doing. And then it was time to leave this party. And I won't mention his name because everyone would know this actor, but thought he was a pretty decent friend of mine. And that evening, they put me in my car to drive. I was in no shape to drive that vehicle. Hmm. And I don't know how I didn't get pulled over. I do not know how I didn't get killed. I just don't. The grace of God. But I remember that weekend when I made it home from Beverly Hills to Marina Del Rey. It had to be an hour drive at least. 
And I really started thinking about it. I could just see God was pursuing me, and it led me to questions that weekend. And I thought, man, these people, they really don't care. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who would put somebody in a car in the shape that I was in? And that just put me on a journey to really realize that we were all in this together, and we were all looking from each other to gain something. Yeah. My relationships, I don't really think were solid friendships when I look back. We were kind of all self-serving. For you too, right? Like you were there also to make those types of relationships. Yeah, well, I was very selfish. I was totally caught up in it because, again, I was so broken inside. So I knew how to wear the mask really well. And everything that I based myself on was what I had and what I didn't have. Right. So my value came from how much money I made. Right. So it didn't feel enough. Nothing was ever enough. Felt empty. You know, you're always putting on a show. Never filled the gap. You're always putting a show on. How did you eventually stumble upon Jesus Christ? Well, you know, my Aunt Franny. <laughs> really? She was a devout Christian. She saw me on TV and sent me this card. I was reading it. She said, I look beautiful. A wonderful little message, but the very bottom of the card said, God bless you. Now, I was raised Catholic, and I heard those words all my life. Mm. But that day, that moment, they became three-dimensional. And it was after this event that I just shared with you. One of my brothers also asked me one day on a telephone call, so Tina, I've just got a question for you. If you die, where are you going? Hmm. And I just kind of fluffed it off and said, of course, I'm going to go to heaven. If you die, you go to heaven. And he said, are you sure about that? And I said, yeah, Frank, I'm sure about that. And I was just trying to get rid of the call. But these things were taking root in me. They were planting seeds. Hmm. And then after that party that I had gone to and I was reflecting, I met someone at a nail salon. And it was very weird because the nail salon I would normally go to would squeeze me in no matter what. But that weekend, they did not. Hmm. And I went down, I think it was Pacific Coast Highway, and I went into this little nail salon. And this beautiful, gorgeous Polynesian type of woman came out to get me and brought me back to do my nails. And as she was, she starts talking about Jesus. What? Really? That's what I said. What? This was like going on every other day now. And it brought me to tears because I had already been reflecting on my life. And I kept asking myself, no matter what I'm gaining here, nothing seems to ever be enough. Wow. Nothing is filling the void. All the brokenness started coming to surface. Because money doesn't take care of that, doesn't heal the brokenness. These things were not dealt with, and nothing could cover it up. I kept learning to cover it up, but not deal with it, not learn, not grow. So as she was talking, I remember asking her, well, wow, you look so peaceful, and you just seem so happy. She was one of the most real people I had met out there oh, in this little nail salon, <laughs> sitting in the back doing my nails, and she was gorgeous. That was the thing. The Lord knew I even needed to see that because I was so caught up in appearance at this point in time. And I just listened and latched on to every word. And I said, how do I do it? How do I get what you have? And she said to me, whenever you leave, just go, whether you're in your car, whether you're taking a shower, just ask Jesus to show you the way. And I promise he will. Wow. And that's what I did when I got out in my car. I remember just sitting there and crying. And I remember saying, I want what she has. It was so real. She was so comfortable in her skin. And I said, show me the way, show me the way. And I never stopped praying that prayer like she told me to do. And he showed me the way. He showed me the way. So you received Christ in your car. 
No, no, I did not receive him in my car. He began to show me the way to him. Uh. I received him on the telephone (laughs) (laughs) on CBN talking to one of their people. Oh, one of the prayer people. There was an actress on the show that was talking about her message and testimony that led me to pick up the phone and call CBN. And I did my very last time I pursued for an hour. I must hung up and gave up. Someone answered. And that phone call is what led me to Christ. That's amazing. So I understand you went on a journey with Christ from that moment. How did coming to know Christ change the need for all that attention, validation, and maybe even seeking love in the wrong places? Well, I won't say it changed the need. I still had the need, but I began to change because, you know, the Bible tells us we get regenerated when we get saved. So I felt a joy. You know, everybody's different, but I did wake up and I did feel a new hope and a new joy. But now the conversion needed to take process in my life. And I began to get hungry for the things of God. I wanted to know everything that I could know about Him. I wanted to know truth Mm. and nothing against Catholic religion. I was raised in it, but I never felt like I had a relationship with God. And what I was hearing about this was you can have a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. You can know Him. He's a friend of yours. That was new. That was different. And I wanted that. And I wanted to know, how do I get that? So I began to go to church. I began to meet people. I began to read the Bible. And I just hungered and thirsted after him. And the more I did, he began to change me from the inside. And I began to take that word and apply it to my life. Tina, it's amazing. And I know you, you know, God has changed your life so much. And now you are impacting other Christian actors as a coach. You're also a Christian actress yourself and just in very positive movies. And I bet it's totally different, the level of love, the level of care in the Christian realms. Tina, thanks so much for sharing with us these deep truths. I so appreciate you telling us everything that you did and what Christ did for you. He truly is the pathway to true joy, true peace. And I think so many need to hear this. Thanks so much for sharing with us, Tina. God bless you. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. I have something to analyze for you right after the short break. Did you know that just $10 a month can reach up to 1,000 more listeners to our show where their lives can be inspired and transformed by the power of the gospel? We need your help. We are a nonprofit ministry and we need your support today. Let me tell you how God is using this show to touch so many hearts. We often hear how someone was just driving in their car, heard our show, and related to someone's story and God touched their heart. They received Jesus into their life that day. You can donate to our ministry through our website at www.therealliferadioshow.com, where you can make a one-time donation or make a monthly commitment. You can also support us by getting our merch through our website. You can buy t-shirts, hoodies, stickers, mugs, and more. Every donation helps, whether it's $3 a month or $100 a month. Thank you so much for your support and prayers. Now back to the show. More Real Life starts now. Welcome back to the show. We're going to go deeper into what you just heard. So what do you think about this? To me, it's sad that, you know, the need to be loved and have attention is often viewed in a negative sense. You know, kind of like how people see others and they say, gosh, she's just doing that for attention. But doctors admit that everyone has the need for love and attention. Everyone. No one is excluded. But how can that vacuum truly be filled? Here we're listening to Tina who had all the admiration and attention from people, but it still wasn't enough. 
then what about the non-celebrity who nobody notices? How will they have their needs for love and attention met? Well, how do you get your needs for love and attention met? I really don't know how you do it. But did you know there's a way you can meet your daily needs for love and attention that doesn't depend on others? It's written in 1 John 4, 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. See, according to this verse, when we know God, we receive love because love is of God. True love, that is. And when we receive His love, we're able to give it to others. You see, we were never meant to get our needs met simply from others. We may always be trying to do that, maybe demanding it from our spouse, our children, our parents. Yes, those are good places to receive and give love. But true love comes from above. And when you have it, you can give it away to others truly. Lord Jesus, I'm praying for the person who's saying, that's me. I don't have my needs met. And I've been looking for that to be met in someone else, whoever that is. Lord Jesus, we repent from that. Help us, Lord, to know you. We receive you. We believe in you. We want to follow you all the days of our life. In Jesus' mighty name. I hope you're blessed by this testimony, and I know that your life was touched. You can search us on social media by typing The Real Life Radio Show and follow us for more updates and content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. See you next time.